Welcome to Healthcare Experience Matters. This podcast is brought to you by the Healthcare Experience Foundation and is dedicated to transforming the healthcare experience so that every person can receive and deliver the best care. We invite you to learn more by visiting healthcareexperience.org. Hello, Healthcare Experience Matters listeners. We have author TJ Sweet joining us today, and we're going to be discussing one of our favorite topics on this podcast, gratitude. And before I start asking TJ some questions about his book he's written on this subject, I want to have him introduce himself and tell us a little bit about his background. Welcome to the show, TJ. Hi, Casey, and uh, thank you for the opportunity to be here with all of you. I'm excited to share this topic that's been transformative in my people leadership life, but also in my personal life as well. Uh, so, yeah, I kind of jump right into my introduction as far as kind of what I've been doing. I've been a healthcare leader uh, since 2007. Uh, I've worked in critical care centers, academic health centers, uh, and I've been managing uh, cancer centers uh, for the last five years. And now I'm a director of a cancer center. And uh, but what I also do is uh, I do a lot of um, keynote speaking and uh, healthcare executive coaching and team building, and I do a lot of life coaching and mindset coaching as well. Um, so I actually have a podcast called Living the Sweet Life that I do as well, just to try to help people with their mindset, especially with the tough times that we're all kind of have been working through the lot the last couple of years. And uh, but one of the things that I'm really passionate about, obviously, is is gratitude and. Um, kind of how the transformative nature of that kind of takes over every part of our lives just because it really is the most human emotion that we have. And, uh, you know, obviously the the topic of gratitude, like you said, it's already one of the favorite topics, but it's something that I really want to kind of pour into a little bit more on kind of not just what it is, but kind of how to do it in a meaningful way so that it helps you kind of start living with intention. Writing a book about something, you have to obviously have a lot of passion for the subject matter because, it's something you're going to be facing every day for a pretty significant amount of time. So how did you choose the subject of gratitude to write your book about? Let's start there. Yeah, so it actually started with my own personal journey with kind of needing uh, perspective and gaining perspective. Uh, I didn't know it in the moment, um, right? Hindsight's always twenty twenty, but uh, it's something to where Uh, About eight years ago, I started to share some positive messages on social media. Uh, I don't really do a whole heck of a lot on social media, but one thing I thought is if I can make a difference in somebody's life in some way, I wanted to do that. And so I just uh, watched one video and and caught one quote that was inspirational to me. So then I posted it. And then um, again, kind of fast forward, if you will, eight years later, um, have been doing it every single day. And uh, it became something instead of what I do, it kind of became who I am. Uh, and what people need in this world is sometimes some words of inspiration. So um, back in 2019, really when this was kind of coming about, um, I just thought, you know, I've been doing this for, um, at that point, I'd been doing it for over five plus years um, and had, you know, obviously over 1500 different posts of positive messages and not just quotes that I've been copying, but actually how am I applying that quote to my life? And then that's where the book came about. And then, um, so each page of the book has a positive quote. Um, they're all, dupl- and none of them are duplicated. It's all kind of a unique thought, um, but also kind of an application to go along with it. And then um, as I was going through some troubling times of uncertainty and just kind of lacking purpose in my own life and, you know, kind of like this, I'll put off my happiness until thought, right? Uh, so I'll be happy when is kind of the way I phrase it as well. Uh, so that's really when I had a great mentor and coach kind of talk to me about the practice of gratitude and writing down three things you're grateful for. 
And, and just, you know, in the beginning, I thought as well, just like a lot of listeners are probably thinking, okay, yeah, I've heard this before. It's just another journal, those kind of things. Well, it's actually um, something for me that transformed my perspective of life. Uh, it didn't just transform my life because actually my life still looked pretty similar. Uh, it actually just, I started to look at it differently. And then, you know, so again, with the book, it's a, it's a, um, a journaling section of three things you're grateful for, two things you appreciate about yourself, and then an I am statement. And it really is uh, my, my, my hope for the readers and, and listeners really is just a moment of pause to actually just be more often, right? We're always on the go. Um, we're either thinking about our past or thinking about our future so much that we often forget just the power of a pause. And so that's where this has really transformed my life is actually allow people to just be in more moments. Uh, you know, and obviously creating more memories by in, by kind of inserting gratitude into those moments instead of just kind of moving on to the next thing all the time. Because then obviously, right, days go by pretty quick and years go by pretty quick if we never really pay attention. Tell me a little bit more about the I am moment. That one, I'm not sure I fully understand what that is, what that looks like, but I'm very intrigued by it. So what, what's that all about? Right. So the I am section, uh, you can also kind of um, phrase it as an affirmation section. So um, and and we often don't give ourselves the full freedom and liberty just to actually say how we feel and feel how we feel, because we have this sense of how we think we should feel. Uh, you know, we don't actually uh, you know, there's a great quote of we don't actually fail at um, who we think we should be. We actually fail at who we already are in the sense that we just have this constant pressure of we should be more all the time. Um, so that I am section really does one of two things. One, it makes you pause and think about how are you actually feeling in the moment, right? So if you do this for 365 days, you'll recognize a very significant difference in your I am statement. The second piece of the I am affirmation is that the I am leads to our identity. It leads to what we do next. And so if somebody says, I am anxious, we're typically thinking about something, but we're going to do more things that affirm us being anxious about something. But if you say, I'm excited or I'm hopeful, that generates a new behavior, a new thought. And then we actually start to identify our, with ourselves more of somebody who's hopeful and somebody who's excited or somebody who's healthy or whatever. I am happy, right? Just having somebody write down the, the clients that I get to work with when they actually write down, I am happy for the first time is so powerful because they're actually being honest about it. Instead of wishing they were, they're actually pausing and realizing I am happy of which then totally shifts how they feel about themselves, about their surroundings, about their job, about their family. And so it's really just a great pause moment that really kind of helps people actually be authentic with themselves so that they can then start to see life in a new way. The book is called Practice Gratitude, Find Joy, and we will be sure to link to it in the description of this podcast. Was there a moment where you decided that you were going to write this book? Was there, was there a particular event that led to you wanting to write this book? Um, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So there are a couple of different things as far as kind of the, the, why the book, right? Not necessarily, if I was already sharing the messages, why the book is kind of the first question I get from a lot of people. And truthfully, I wanted uh, two things. I wanted to reach people in a new way. Right. There's a lot of people that are just kind of saying social media is toxic and it's troubling. And some people are getting off social media because they can't control what's coming in. So I thought I still wanted to get my messages out to the world, but maybe in a new way. But then I also wanted to incorporate the gratitude practice of the actual hand writing something down. 
there's a lot of power and there's a lot of science behind that of the actual, you know, when, when our brain, write when we write something down, our brain then sees it in a new way. And so I kind of wanted to give a new platform, if you will, for the positive messages and the journaling section. So as far as the moment that really kind of turned my life around, truthfully, um, so I'm a, I'm a, I'm, I've had a dog um, since I can remember, right? It seems, it'll seem like a funny story. I'm sure there's a lot of listeners out there who can relate to, to pets in some way, shape or form. But uh, yeah, I had a dog that um, was kind of my, my everything. And, and we um, found out that she had gotten sick um, back in, uh, gosh, it was 2015, 2016. She got get, gotten sick in October. Um, we didn't really know what was going on. It just kind of suddenly happened. And uh, I thought she was nine years old at the time. And I thought I'd, I maybe um, have a few more months um, with her at best. And uh, the vet at the time just said, let's just do a quick steroid shot just to see how she can do. Um, and that next, you know, that next morning or that night when I went to bed, I thought, I, if I lose her, I've treated her like an obligation for most of her life. In the sense that I said, I have to take her for a walk. I have to do all these things. I, she would, I treated her like she was an inconvenience because she was wanting to jump on the couch. She ate you know, food she shouldn't have been eating, like all these things that I made her feel, I'm, I felt like she was a burden. Um, but in that night, I realized I almost lost her, right? In the sense of she was so sick. And so I thought, you know, I'm going to live in regret my whole life if I lose her, knowing that I didn't treat her the way that she should have been treated. And then um, that next morning, she woke me up for the first time uh, in weeks. And she looked like a, a two-year-old puppy all over again. And then she ate for the first time in weeks. And I realized in that one particular moment when she woke me up and she actually started eating food again, that I wanted to treat her like she was really the opportunity uh, to take care of her. Like she was such a blessing in my life. And so I wanted to treat her and then everyone else in my life and every day that I get on this earth as something that, um, you know, I get to do, not something I have to do. And that shift for me was transformative. I then started to not count the cost. I started to keep the important things as the important things with her. And then, um, you know, I had a family member uh, later on that fall that got really, really sick. And then it was a matter of, do I drive back and go see her for a couple of minutes? Do I drive two hours to go see her for a couple of minutes? Well, the answer then was obviously yes, because I didn't want to wish I would have. So I drove back to St. Louis and saw, you know, my grandparent for the last time. And then I drove back and then I'd lost her right after that. Uh, and, but I knew in my heart that I never wanted to wish I would have done anything in my life anymore and treated the people that I'm grateful for with showing them how much I'm grateful by giving them effort and um, not counting costs as much anymore. And really that became every aspect of my life. Once I realized the power that, that I didn't want to live in regret and shame anymore, I wanted to live in, you know, in gratitude and hope and optimism and joy that's really kind of when that shift happened for me. And that's when I knew I needed to share this gift with the rest of the world, because, you know, the shame and regret cycle of wishing we would have um, is just something that we have the power to, to completely eliminate from our lives. If we just stay present and we actually feel gratitude, express gratitude and show gratitude. TJ, what advice do you have for people that may feel burned out with their career and their life responsibilities? Um, how can gratitude help these people? Absolutely. You know, it's something too. It's a matter of, uh, it's not a cure for burnout. I don't necessarily want to make it sound like this won't make you feel burned out. I think it's first understanding what is making you feel burned out. Uh, and typically with the research I've done, there are two different things that are making us kind of feel that way. Um, one is um, we kind of lost our sense of purpose behind what we're doing. 
So we feel like we're doing something just because we've kind of always done it and we don't feel like we're learning anymore, right? Um, but two, it's also, we feel burned out when it when we feel like the thing that we're being asked to do for a job or a career or profession is taking us away from the things that we feel are the most important things to us, right? So maybe we get into a job or a career because of money and, and you know, all these great opportunities. But then when we realize it's taking us away from our families or our friends, it starts to feel like we can't actually spend time doing the things um, that mean the most to us anymore. And so it's just a matter of trying to find this balance, right? It's very tough, especially in healthcare. It's very tough right now just to say, okay, I'm going to work less and still get the same amount done. Uh, that's a very, very tough, you know, um, ask of yourself, right? You actually end up adding more stress to your life if you just don't, if you don't create a system and a plan. So I really kind of incorporate the idea of work-life integration, right? So it's a matter of setting something down completely. So where you never work, um, you know, more than a couple, you know, your standard hours per week is just not realistic for everybody. Some people travel, some people, you know, have meetings all day and they need to still be able to feel like they're doing something significant with their job. And so with gratitude, what this really does is one, it helps us create certainty in our lives. And burnout is often a result of not feeling certain about where we are now and the future, or is it ever going to change? And so gratitude kind of helps us understand what we have now in the sense that the people we have in our lives, and maybe it'll help you shift the perception of what the job is that you're doing and help you find purpose in it again. And so no matter what the role is, one thing I love to do with healthcare leaders and just healthcare workers is I really, really kind of point it back to purpose for them. And so if there are certain things that they feel like, um, you know, it's just kind of a monotony task, you know, I can break it down and say, if they didn't do that, who would be impacted? Right. And, and sometimes that reinvigorates this sense of purpose, which helps us not feel as burned out, uh, you know. And then I also think it's a matter of, of gratitude practice and kind of sitting down and journaling. If people slow down enough to think about um, what are three things that are going well in my life, which are typically the three things that we're grateful for in our lives. That we start to have the shift that life isn't happening to like um, to us as much as it is happening for us. So when we start to shift out of this scarcity mindset of I have to get everything done, I don't have enough time in the day, I didn't get to work out today, I didn't spend enough time. Like that's that scarcity mindset that just snowballs on us. But the sense of gratitude shifts us back to a neutral place that then allows us to shift to a mindset of abundance of here are all the things I have in my life. Here's all the opportunities I get. Actually, this job that is making me feel burned out provides for my family that I'm the most grateful for. So then we start to feel differently about our job because we realize the impact it's having in our lives. Now, that still still doesn't necessarily help the boundaries piece, right? And so there's a time where you have a real conversation with your leaders and with your teams around boundaries because we don't want to, um, when it comes time to, at the end of the day, we want to be able to give the the, uh, the best of us, not the rest of us, to the people that we're the most grateful for. And I think that's also, if you talk to a lot of leaders, that's one thing they're stressed out about right now, is they want to give more to their family and their life and their kids. And people want this sense of purpose. And But if they don't have that because they feel like they're always doing work, they start to lose identity as a human, right? They start to lose identity as, as a mother or a father or a brother or a sister or a best friend or whatever it may be. Um, and because they just work so much, you know, and and, and one thing that uh, gratitude also helps a lot with is compartmentalizing in the sense of when you're actually focusing on kind of where you are in the moment, um, you know, so this whole idea of if you're at home with your family or your kids or, 
um, but what, whoever it may be with your friends, be there, don't be at work. So try to find a way to not check emails at, when you're not needing to, when you're not at work. Um, you know, there's this, we're not here necessarily to live to work and work to live this whole, you know, dichotomy <laughs> that we got to work through a little bit, but it allows us to really feel more human and slow down so that we actually contribute more at work, um, but we're also more present for the people in our life. Have you seen a difference in the lives of people that begin to take the practice of gratitude seriously and make it a priority in their life? Yeah, I have seen a, a big difference. And, and the words that I really like to use is more of a transformation than a change. Uh, so if you think about the word of, uh, of change, people say, I want my life to, uh, you know, I'm looking for a life change or whatever it may be, a mindset change. Um, you know, the idea of change really, for me, means that you can go back. Right. So you change certain things that doesn't necessarily feel like a full commitment. It's just I want it to be different, but it's I'm willing to let it go back to the way that it was. So the way I talk with people uh, and what I've seen the most with people that I get to work with is it's actually more of a transformation in the sense of if you think about a caterpillar to a butterfly. Right. It's it's a growth. It's a shift that happens that you really kind of lose sense of what it was before because of what what it is now. And so like for myself, I can't ever go back to look at life the way that I did before that moment, you know, when my life shifted, I don't even remember kind of what it was. Uh, and so the, the shift is really people start to feel this sense of peace, this sense of calm, uh, the sense of control as well a little bit, but they start to live this life of um, um, hope and optimism, this hope that because they've not recognized so many things about their lives, but like through practicing gratitude and developing that habit, right? So there's two different things about practicing gratitude that are powerful for people. It's one, obviously the recognition of things we have in our lives. And that list of wants become the things that we want um, become less because we realize what we actually need, you know? And so not needing something more than we want it. And so like this rat race of the pursuit of more if we never really realize what we have now, we'll never get out of that vicious cycle of wanting more because we don't even recognize what we have in the first place. But the second piece of practicing gratitude and the transformative power is the confidence that we gain from starting a new habit and sticking to it. Because habit formation is super, super important for us um, to kind of feel like we're growing and we have, we're making progress in our lives. And it's not the sense of perfection that actually helps us feel significant. It's actually just the growth. Right. And so when people start this habit, the gratitude habit for them maybe starts a habit of I'm going to drink more water. Now, the brain, there's a lot of brain science behind habits and habit forming and habit building and replacing. And so that's the second piece that I didn't really intend to um, start out with is like having a habit formation be the most powerful piece of this. But then people start to say, you know what, I'm going to start, um, you know, sitting down with my family and eating dinner. I'm going to start that habit but they feel like they are somebody who starts habits and commits to them. And then they start to think, well, now I'm going to go to bed at a better time. So I feel better in the morning. Right. So you can start to see how this starts to snowball into wellness as opposed to survival. Um, I talk to people about so instead of surviving, it's thriving in their life, but it really started with just slowing down and recognizing all of the things that we already have that has allowed people then to not work out of the scarcity mindset. Like I mentioned before, but in this abundance mindset where you're kind of attached to a lot of, you know, uh, connected to a lot of different things, but not really attached to anything. So if things don't go your way, you still recognize 
yeah, and look at all these things that I have going for me, as opposed to when one thing goes wrong, your whole day or your whole week, your whole whole month is derailed, uh, you know, and so it's just a matter of um, it's being authentic and how we feel uh, that I've seen with people as well. They're like, I start to feel like myself again, you know, and they start to feel confident in who they are and what they're capable of. In what other ways can people help themselves see the world through a lens of gratitude? Yeah. So I think a lot, uh, one of the most powerful pieces of this is really just, first of all, understanding how we're seeing the world now, you know, so self-awareness being the first thing that I've talked to uh, with most of my, with most healthcare leaders, whenever I do keynote speaking, that's the first thing I talk about is self-awareness is if you want to feel different, we have to know what now feels like so that when different comes along, we can recognize it, you know? And so it's a matter of just finding one thing um, that you're grateful for in a particular moment. You'll find these people who say, all right, I'm going to do this. I'm going to practice three things I'm grateful for for 21 days and see if my life's different. That's not what this is all about, right? This is an investment in self, investment in who you are um, and, and how you want to feel. You know, if people say they want to feel happier, I think when you, you know, you think about the idea of pursuit of happiness, right? That's a pretty common phrase. Uh, you know, and I find that kind of ironic in the sense that happiness is just a choice that we get to make. Because we've all seen people in very less fortunate circumstances who seem happier. And we've also seen people who, um, celebrities and very high status type of individuals that are very depressed and not happy either. So like at some point that we start to understand that it has nothing to do with the material items we have, it has everything to do with the inside. Like what do we, how do we actually perceive the world that we get to live in? You know, and I talk to people all the time about if they really want to try to find a way it's practice gratitude as a group, right? Find somebody, find your best friend and practice accountability and share those things. One, you'll start to build some different types of trust and relationships because you're going to share some things that you're grateful for that you didn't even know about the other person, right? So these days, looking through the world through a grateful lens doesn't mean that we're the only ones who see it that way. We could also help someone else. And the other piece of this too is recognizing opportunities to put gratitude in. Uh, and this is kind of what the grateful lens, if you will, is in those moments of stress, or you feel like you're out of control, or those moments that kind of derail your day, how do you insert gratitude into those moments? Now, I'm not necessarily saying be grateful for adversity, right? That's a tough leap for most people. Down your journey, and a little further along, that'll happen for you. But in the beginning, you know, whether it's pulling up to a stoplight when you're running late for traffic, and you know that's a, that's a trigger moment for you to where you feel really, really stressed or when you're running late for a meeting and you know you're really, really stressed. It's a matter of like, okay, what can I control? And what, what is something I'm either looking forward to or who is someone that I'm, I'm grateful for? Just that pause alone, uh, it, it scientifically, chemically changes our brains, right? It releases serotonin, dopamine, and oxytocin when we practice gratitude. And that's functional MRI show that. So it's not just me and my optimism saying that it actually works that way. And, uh, you know, it reduces cortisol. So it's a matter of even if you start and end your day with gratitude or just find a way to insert it. The key is, however you see the world now, find a way to to, uh, insert gratitude in that way that will be meaningful for you, not just follow my principles or, you know, do it in a way that's uh, exciting for you and something that, again, you feel like you get to do, not something you have to do or should do. We've been joined today by author TJ Sweet. We're talking all things gratitude. His book is called Practice Gratitude, Find Joy. TJ, do you have anything else you'd like to add to today's discussion before we wrap it up? 
yeah, I just really want to kind of reach out and encourage uh, everybody, um, you know, to kind of give them some hope and optimism in their own lives and just knowing that they do have control, you know, even if it's starting one thing, uh, you know, you don't have to do everything, but starting with something. And, you know, I know it's, it's tough these days, uh, but, you know, the tough times kind of bring out the necessity for innovation and the necessity for some change in our lives. And, and this is something that, uh, again, I can assure you will definitely help a lot of people. Um, and obviously on social media, and if there's any links that we can attach here, I'd be, I'd love to kind of talk to it, whether it's healthcare workers, healthcare leaders, whoever it may be, just around um, mental health and mental awareness. Uh, that's something I've been able to dive into a lot with people with anxiety and, you know, depression and, and worry. Uh, there's, there's a lot behind that, that um, again, I'd love to kind of help people with too, but just knowing that you're not doing it alone, right? Have everybody kind of know that, that we're all in this together and that you have great resources around. And it actually takes strength and courage to ask for help. Um, asking for help is not a sign of weakness. It's actually a sign of strength because you know you can be better and you want to be better. And just thinking about um, the investment in yourself will help you be better for the people that you're the most grateful for. And the other thing is also remembering that people are always watching. So how we handle ourselves through adversity, how we start to lead and live our lives is actually teaching other people around us. And it could be kids, it could be relatives, it could be community members, whatever it may be. And so just understanding that everything we do matters and everything affects everything else. But the great news is we have control and it starts with our mindset because our thoughts leads to our actions and our actions lead to our behaviors and habits and those kind of things. So just really kind of a breath of encouragement in life. Uh, if there's any way that I can pour into anybody, I'd be more than happy to help do that. And again, on social media, it's it's pretty straightforward as far as how to find me again, TJ Sweets, um, kind of all over every platform. Um, and then uh, neverstopgratitude at gmail.com is probably the easiest way to get a hold of me independently. And that'll be me. It's not a team. Um, I'll actually be the one responding to those things. So again, I just appreciate the time um, to, to be on this podcast with you all. And I appreciate everything you're doing to, to help healthcare leaders and healthcare workers around the nation as well. Thank you so much, TJ. I'll be sure to add links in the description of this episode for people that like to get in contact with you. Um, thanks again for your time today, TJ. That was, that was great. Thank you, Casey. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Healthcare Experience Matters. Healthcare Experience Matters is brought to you by the Healthcare Experience Foundation. To learn more, please visit healthcareexperience.org. That's healthcareexperience.org.